a lady went to the zoo, and at the zoo she lost her mobile phone, and she thought it had been eaten by the crocodile. But they didn't believe her, so they sort of got hold of the crocodile and examining it, and she was quite convinced her mobile phone had been eaten. And it wasn't until the phone rang inside the crocodile that they believed her. And a simple story. And I then started to think that Sunday by Sunday, whether it's me or Charles or, or Ray or anybody here, that we can sort of send a message out, can't we, from God's word. And maybe you digest it. Maybe you take it inside and then you pop, pop home and you've got the message inside you and you have Christmas dinner, Sunday lunch or something. But how often does the message ring and resonate with you? How often does it really ring to indicate? So in that respect, let's go back to 64. Here in 64, we have three elements, don't we? We have the mountains, the earth. We have fire and we have water. And I thought, you know, earth, wind and fire, that's a sort of group, isn't it? And we immediately go into that sort of song that they used to sing all the time. Earth, wind and fire. Three elements there. And that is important to know that in the natural, that is created by God. And of course, the mountains, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does the help come from? I lift my eyes to the mountains. And then you think of the fire, the fire of God at Pentecost, where the fire, the tongues came like as of fire. It doesn't say it was literally fire, otherwise they'd have all had very hot laps. But what happened was, the Holy Spirit came upon them like fire. And then water. Water's back again this morning, Janet. This one says causes water to boil. And okay, we don't want to jump into boiling water, but maybe we just need to be a little hotter before we can enter into the waters of baptism, maybe. If you haven't been baptized, maybe you need to do the second part. To be a Christian, it says repent and be baptized. The two bits go together. Why? Because Jesus did it. Why? Because Jesus didn't do anything until he was baptized. If you find yourself unable at times to do things, maybe it's to do with you haven't received the blessing of the waters of baptism. Now this psalm is different to many psalms. It's a psalm that's written in a special shape and way. The word for it from the Greek is antiphony, an antiphony psalm. And you think, well, that's a word I've not heard of, but you've heard of epiphany, haven't you? Epiphany is the time when the Magi came and saw Jesus as the living example of God. And this is what an antiphonal psalm is like, is that it is indicating the coming of something mighty, Something as a surprise. You did awesome things that we did not expect. You came down from the mountains. And the mountains trembled before you. And that is just so good to know that here we have this outpouring to God about God. But the pieces that I like is actually slightly better in my translation. At the end, it says this. For since the world began... No ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wake for him. You welcome those who cheerfully do good 
who follow godly ways. Now, I want to take that in reverse order. I want to take welcome. I've asked Jane if she would kindly approach a number of you to set up a welcoming little team. Because in our 200th anniversary, it's important that as people come in, they receive that warm human welcome. That they're not flailing about, don't know where to sit, don't know what it is. We've had people coming in looking for the pews. Well, we haven't got any pews, so, you know, they just need to be welcomed. Why do we do this? Jesus welcomed people before he did anything. He always welcomed people. And that's the human part of God reaching out into our humanity and saying, you are welcome here in my house with my people. Come into the water with us. It's warm. It's not scary. So if you feel a call, that you think you have a gift of hospitality, that you can smile early on a Monday morning, a Sunday morning, then Jane would like to speak to you. And it probably won't then fall heavy on anybody. But we need to become more of a welcoming church. I think we do welcome, but it's more this year. So to welcome. And then we come to the second W. Three W's, welcome. Not earth, wind and fire. Welcome, wait and works. Wait for him. And we did, didn't we? We just waited a little this morning and God spoke through Janet and maybe into other people's hearts. And the services changed shape. If you look at what we've done to what I thought we were going to do, God's moved and we've done what is appropriate at this time of loss. But those who wait. Now, waiting to us has a sort of certain quality to it. But the waiting meaning in the Bible here is a waiting of, of deep quality. It isn't some sort of transitionary hanging around at a bus stop type of waiting or waiting in the shop queue because the girl's on the mobile phone talking to her friend about her date previous night. It's not that sort of waking. It is a deep longing. It's a deep being with Christ. It's that sort of waiting. And then we come to the works. You see, something that doesn't work, we tend to discard. The batteries go flat, it doesn't work, it's broken, it doesn't work. And we need to be in that place where we work with God. Now you notice I say with God, not for him, because if you work for him, you can end up with the attitude of the son who was left at home with the prodigal son, the one who had a servant heart and not the sonship or daughtership heart. If you work with God, he will work with you. And then you see the surprise comes in, that even today surprises are happening. Things that you don't think in the natural will happen. I hope Paul doesn't mind me picking on him, but I understand recently there's been some prayer for some work for him, because it's a time of difficulty. And he shared, his wife shared on Thursday that Paul went to a set-up meeting after praying and so on. And correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but I believe that most unusually two things happened. One, that for quite a lot of work, that you'd quoted your normal fare rate and so on, that they said, well, yeah, you can have the job, but we don't like the rate. We'd like you to have £1,500 more. Correct? Answer to prayer. Second, out of the whole job, 
Usually Paul has to do the whole job and then wait 42 days, 72 days, 106 days. They said, uh, we'll pay you half up front. Two specific answers to prayer as God has, pro as God has blessed Paul and his family at their time of need and so on. That's a small example, but there's other examples all the time of works and blessing as we work with him. We need to wait first because we shoot off on our own with our own human good ideas and things then tend to crumble away and not be right. But when God does it, there is a completeness, there is an ease. So whatever your needs are at the moment, if they've not been met, would you like to welcome God? Would you like to welcome Jesus? Would you like to welcome the Holy Spirit? Would you like to then pause and wait on him? But that deep waiting, look in his word as you wait. Listen to that small, quiet voice that is God's. It's not a shouting voice. And then don't be surprised that the God of surprises surprises you with his answer. may not be quite what you thought. Like this morning, I know what I thought. God thought differently. And we're still going through that. And the works, of course, it's important that works are his works that we do with him. And they're not our works. They're not good works in the sense that you see many people who are not Christians do these good, goodly works. And they're good. I'm not criticizing them. But it says further on in this passage, when we proudly display our righteous deeds, we find they are but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins like the wind sweep us away. Isn't that powerful? All that good works that you see in the world, if it's not centered on Christ, it's not centered on the Lord, then it's almost like filthy rags. Strong words from Isaiah. And yet, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. So don't be angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and see that we are all your people. We are all your people. It's a bit silly if the clay on the, on the potter's wheel starts shouting at the potter the shape that the clay wants to be. Isn't it? It's preposterous. Preposterous if the clay is shouting how much water needs to go with the clay to be formed into the shape that the clay wants. But if the potter has the clay in his hands, and as the wheel spins, he forms what it is that he wants to make that is of use. And just the right amount of water shapes the clay. Too much, it ends up in a soggy mess. Have you ever done it? Anybody done the potter's wheel? No? Any hands up? Nobody. Janet has, Barbara? Gosh, you, and you need to have a go at it. It is really the most extraordinary experience. I was once in northern Cyprus, and we went to this Dizan pottery. And most of the ladies there who were doing the painting and, and work like that, they could not um, hear, and they couldn't speak. 
but their work in the silence was beautiful. And when we were in there, he said, would you like to have a go at the potter's wheel? And I thought, oh, yes, please. And he gave me, very wisely, he gave me this great big covering thing to cover my clothes. And he said, well, what you've got to do, of course, is you have this sort of, you know, this, this pedal, and the wheel starts to spin, and he gives you the lump of clay, and you have to sort of shape it up. But you have to center it. If you don't center it on the wheel, it springs off straight away. You don't stand a chance. But if you center it right, and then with the water of your hands, you can then put your hands in the spinning clay, it begins to form. It begins to form. May have looked a bit like an ashtray or something rather than some useful pot, but it didn't fly off. And you see, by centering the clay on the spinning wheel, it's like us. If we center our life upon Jesus, the spinning of the Holy Spirit will produce in us something beautiful for God, something that those ladies could then decorate in their silence and inability to speak, they painted the glaze on. And then it was fired, and something beautiful came out. And do you see the analogy, what God can do with you? You need to be centered. You need to know about the spinning of the Holy Spirit. You need to know about receiving that right measure of water. Water, as Janet conveyed in that picture. I've really nothing else to say. The sermon's not the way it's supposed to be because the notes I wrote have been lost. I can't find them. So what you've heard has come from my heart off the word. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you take our filthy rags and you wash them in your blood. The blood of Jesus shed at Calvary washes away all contamination and makes us pure. Thank you for your son. Thank you for that sacrificial love. And Lord, we pray for anybody here who has not come to that place of knowing that deep in their heart. Lord, we pray for those who have not received the water of the Holy Spirit. We pray for those who have not been through the waters of baptism. They've thought about it. They've put it off. They've made excuses. But Lord, we just ask that they will center their lives upon you and what you did following your simple example. Lord, thank you you didn't give us hundreds and hundreds of commands. You gave us very few. And therefore, Lord, we know that you spoke and you led by example. Center us upon your life, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, bless each one of us here. Move wide and deep. Answer our needs, Lord. Not our wants, Lord, our needs. Fill those gaps in, Lord, at this time of recession. Would you just come? And I thank you, Lord, that there's no recession in heaven. There's no recession in your provision for your people. And may you make us centered upon your faithful word as we pray, not in righteousness, but in humility, for you to come and meet us in all of our emotional, practical, and spiritual needs, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.